Today, I'm joined by Emily Heath Rodman, founder of Emily Heath, a lifestyle brand with a curated lineup of clean nail polish, makeup, and jewelry. For more on her journey from her beginning as a makeup artist to the future of Emily Heath, stay tuned. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and how we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other it can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd just like to welcome our guest for today, Emily Rudman. She is a makeup artist, Columbia Business School graduate, product development expert, and now founder of her clean beauty brand, Emily Heath. The tagline, Where Beauty Meets Art really stays at all. The brand taps into Emily's creativity in all aspects, from aesthetics to collaborations. Launching first with a non-toxic nail polish, Emily soon expanded into lip products and even jewelry, shaping the brand into both a conscious beauty space and lifestyle community. I also love how she's paid homage to her identity in a few ways. Heath is her middle name, while the clean ingredients she has chosen are inspired by her Korean heritage. It shows that Emily truly is at the core of her own brand, championing inclusivity, expression, and belief that there is room for all of us. So Emily, Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. That was the best introduction I've ever heard in my life. I love it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I everyone who says that, I'm like, it's only because you've done like the best things that makes it so easy <laughs> to have the best intro. So the core of the words are from you. So appreciate kudos to you but Emily I have to ask my question I ask everyone and um, I'm always so curious to hear everyone's kind of way of responding to this who in a nutshell is Emily oh boy who in a nutshell is Emily um chaotic a mom a wife a sister a daughter I don't know (laughs) honestly a lot a lot of different things I like to refer to myself as a chief everything officer because I love it. as you all know <laughs> we have to wear a lot of different hats but I guess I know at my core as a human being um I kind of just want to do my best and leave the world in a better place for for my daughter as cheesy as that sounds that's no that's amazing and I, I also know it's uh it's exactly who you are. I mean, we had a little antithesis before, a little story about the fact that, you know, um, we're meant to meet and then your daughter was uh, feeling unwell from a COVID booster vaccine. And, and it's like, that is it. It's like parent first, children, like, this is the way I like it. So it's like, this is, uh, I know exactly you are this and what an amazing person you are. So um, I do want to start a little bit, kind of start at the beginning. Um, I know you're born in Korea. Do you remember, like, what are your first, like, I guess, rememberings of beauty and like, you know, when did you um, move to the USA? Like, point us that picture. Yeah. So actually I was born in South Korea. Uh, I don't know that much about my birth parents, but I was adopted and I was brought over to the U.S. in January. I was born in September. So I was about four months old uh, when I came over and 
the story that I know is that my birth mother was pregnant with me and knew she was going to give me up um, before giving birth. So my um, adoptive, my parents' parents, they obviously, they knew that I was coming <laughs> um, ahead. So it wasn't like, it was, it just, the process takes a really long time and paperwork and God knows what else. So they did have to wait uh, four months for me to then be um, in foster care for a little bit and then brought over to them in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, so basically uh, your first experience in beauty then in, in the U.S., what was that like? Yeah. So, well, funny enough, and I, I, I say this a lot and a lot, you know, it's not, it sounds like it's like made up, but it's not. <laughs> so I, the first beauty experience I actually remember having is getting my nails done with my mom. Um, and, you know, I think that that was just something that like little girls did and my mom would let me go with her or as far as I remember. And there was a salon across the street from where we lived and they, it was, all um, Asian women, most of them whom were Korean. Um, and I remember going there and getting my nails done with my mom. And sometimes they would speak to me in Korean um, because they didn't like understand that I was adopted. And uh, that was yeah. kind of like my first uh, introduction into beauty, but also kind of recognizing the fact that there was these expectations set upon me as an Asian uh, woman um, that I should be speaking a certain language or looking a certain way when in fact I was adopted and my parents were American and that wasn't the language yeah. that I spoke. Um, yeah. so there was this very early on, I guess, understanding that I was different. I looked different obviously from my parents, but then also like didn't quite fit in. Uh, I didn't quite fit mm. in with the white community and I didn't quite fit in with the Asian community. And I've talked to a lot of other like adoptees as well as just like Asian Americans. And it's not something that only adoptive, you know, Asians deal with a lot of Asian Americans growing up in America feel similarly because they're very different than their Asian families who have like different traditions as well as them. Yeah. I know. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And I think a lot of people um, who've gone through something similar can really relate, especially uh, people with like say Asian descent or anywhere being brought up and raised in, in America or, for me in, in England, uh, there were definitely moments where we all felt we didn't belong at some point. Uh, but then when you find your communities, uh, eventually, um, it's really like, uh, yeah, it's really comforting to know. And, and, and often it can be in, in communities that you don't expect. Like I personally didn't find my community within the South Asians, um, mainly because my, my battle growing up was my mom was super fair and an in Indian culture. Like if you're, if you're fair, you're considered beautiful. We had like creams called like fair and lovely, right? This is like the back in the day. They changed it now to glow and lovely, thank God. But, um, <laughs> and I used to grow up always, uh, I have a very highly melanated skin compared to my mom, who is honestly, uh, I, I'd say in a very like, crude way, but more white than most white people. So like, she's very, very fair. And I used to always get a parent's evening and be like, oh, so you know, this is not your mom, like, you know, you're adopted. And I was like, no, this is my mom. And I used to go to school and then everyone used to be like, but why are you so dark? Like, you would be so much better looking if you were fair. So I used to have this huge issue with the South Asians where they were brought up in a similar way where it was like, don't go in the sun, don't get tanned. And, you know, it's worse if you're that. And, and I think I found more solace in my community of like non-South Asians growing up where I felt to love my skin. So it's funny, but when you end up finding your community, is my point is you really start to, to yeah, thrive a bit more. And so do you have like, where will you say your communities were found growing up? 
so, you know, I mean, to be honest, being adopted, I think my parents, you know, very much obviously wanted me to feel I was as much of their daughter as any other like biological kid could be, which, you yeah. know, kudos to them for that. And but because of that, I never was really introduced to any sort of like Asian culture um, mm. through them or really paid attention to it. Um, it was to the point where actually <laughs> and I wrote my college essay about this, but my dad would tell me sometimes that uh, I was pretty much white and I was Caucasian. And <laughs> we've had many discussions about this. <laughs> and luckily, he's not here to, to argue with me about this. But yeah. um, <laughs> it, it was from a good place, which he was trying yeah, it was to from say. His heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I did grow up in New York City and New York, you know, is a metropolitan, very diverse place. At the same time, it can also not be um, because where I went to school, where I grew up, like the neighborhood, um, the kids who were attending the school that I was going to, it was mostly white. It was very, very, very white or white adjacent. So I think I remember in kindergarten, I think there was maybe one girl who was Latin and I don't believe there was anyone who was black. I don't remember anyone Indian or Pakistani or anything like it just, there was one other kid who was half Asian and he had actually come from like the same school as I had like from preschool. So yeah, there weren't, it wasn't a lot of diversity and most of the teachers were also white now that I'm reflecting upon it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they were not really different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think this is like, um, yeah, I think everyone's got their own, like, like, I guess their own unique, but also personal experience. But without any of those experiences, it wouldn't be where we are today. It won't be built in terms of our mindset. So, yeah, it's always good to reflect sometimes. I always like to ask that question because it's like, yeah, it's interesting to know where we all came came from. But now I know what's most important is where we are today. And I love everything you've built. But I know you kind of got into the industry first as like a makeup artist, as like a main, I guess, career move. And I think your first job was at Mac. Or tell me about that. Yeah, so actually, um, my intention was always to start my own brand. I am yeah. like a freak in that I really, I always wanted to have my own brand. And part of it had to do with the fact that I was not really seeing products that I loved all the time. And this is like, you know, a while ago <laughs> where there wasn't online, there wasn't Sephora, there was only like, you know, Saks or Bloomingdale's or there was the drugstore and there wasn't really anything in between. And there weren't that many brands. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of like diverse representation. Um, I actually spent a lot of my time trying to look more like white and blonde and all American rather than actually, you know, loving my beauty and enhancing my natural beauty. Um, but that's another story. Uh, and so for me, I, because I knew I always wanted to create my own brand, everything that I did was really to work towards that. But I wasn't growing up in an environment where, um, I kind of knew how to access that. Like I didn't know how to access a marketing job or a PR. I didn't even know what that was really. It was just like, Oh, liberal arts, you're going to study economics. You're going to do this. You're going to get a job at a bank. And then you, you'll do what you want to do. Like that was kind of the trajectory that I thought I had to be on. So when I, you know, landed an interview actually at Kiehl's at the time, um, and I realized there was this whole world of beauty that there was like literally just giant company. I mean, it just, I didn't understand that as a kid. 
I was just blown away. And after that, I literally submitted my resume to like a hundred different beauty companies. Um, but I didn't have any experience. So I walked into a Mac store and they said, you know, I didn't have like technical artist experience. I was, you know, still pretty young. They said, why don't you attend this makeup school that we have a relationship with? And it was called the Makeup Designery of New York. And it still exists. Mm. It actually started, I think, in L.A. And they specialize in like TV, beauty and television, special effects makeup. So I went there. And then one of our like uh, like talks that they have you do as like career development was the regional manager at a Mac. And she ended up loving me and I ended up interviewing and I landed a job and I started working as a makeup artist at Mac while I was still in school. Um, wow. Yeah. So I was, I was going to school during the week. I was working at Mac on the weekends. Um, eventually though, I, I always knew I didn't actually want to be just was this, a makeup uh, artist. Cosm- Cosm- was this cosmetology school? The, the, the no, this was, business, right? no. this was makeup school. I then went to cosmetology ah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many schools have you got? Like, what? It's like, it's kind of like, it's like, I'm like, like, kind of ashamed of how much education I want. And I was like, oh, I want to get my, you know, master's in industrial design too. You are addicted to learning, which I love. That's the kind of people I love. I love to learn and and I love to problem solve and I love to teach others and mentor others. So, um, sorry, tell me if I'm like going on too much because it's like a long story. No, this is amazing. Please continue. Okay. Okay. Um, so, okay. So then I got a job working at a Mac and then I finished school, but then I was looking for a a full-time job, but I wanted to be in corporate and I was advised by other people in the beauty industry to, you know, go into marketing, go into product development. And eventually I landed a job through a professor who was a family friend at FIT. Her name is Judy Galloway. Shout out to Judy. And she connected with me with one of her former students. And I was hired at Avon as a product development consultant. So that's how I started product development. So then I was working at Avon during the week and I was working at Mac on weekends. So I was working like six or seven days a week, which was a little insane. That is amazing. That is crazy. But also the the type of the difference type of job, right? Because in Avon product development and Mac, you were a makeup artist, correct? But that's quite cool because you were doing like product development on weekends, but then shifting gears and Mac to a very different type of role. So yeah, that must have been such a like whiplash of like different things. And then also, yeah, learning at the same time. So then when did you go to cosmetology school? Was it after or during Avon? So after Avon, um, well, actually, I guess while at Avon, I, because again, I always knew that I wanted to start my own business. And part of that was, okay, I'm going to have to go to business school. So at Avon, I was attempting to study for the GMAT, but the GMAT, I don't know if anyone, like, it was hard. And I'm not, I'm like... (laughs) It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard test. And, um, I, I couldn't really find the time. So I decided to leave Avon so I could dedicate my time to the GMAT, but then of course had to, you know, throw in some extra stuff in there too, and decided to go to cosmetology school while I was also studying for my GMAT. So I went to cosmetology school full time while, you know, studying and passing my GMAT and applying to business school. And then there was overlap with my cosmetology school was just finishing up while I started business school. (laughs) So Mm. um, I think there was like a two or two months overlap where I was still doing cosmetology school at night and doing business school during the day. Uh, But it was actually kind of fun because 
a couple of my cluster mates from my my group or sector, whatever people call it, um, they actually ended up coming. One of my really good friends, Mallory, she actually ended up coming and getting her hair done by me um, as one of my models that I needed for cosmetology school. So it was actually really helpful to have all of this network and the, you know, the Mac artistry really helped me with the product development. I'm better at a product development. That's why I went back to actual school for cosmetology was I was like, I don't want to just make makeup products. I want to know about skin, hair, nails, everything. So knowing to actually how to cut color hair, understanding the science about it, understanding, you know, the, um, cleanliness protocols and the licensing protocols that actually made me better as a product developer that made me better at my job and vice versa. It also made me a better artist on both ends. So it kind of, both of them kind of helped to develop my career on this path towards, uh, creating my own brand. That's so okay. So then, but then you had some more corporate experience, right? After Columbia Business School. Yes, I did. Um, so in between my years at Columbia Business School, I consulted for Bobby Brown. So for the summer, um, so you usually get like a summer internship or something, but I was a little bit more like advanced in terms of that. So I was working with our product development team and this was actually when Bobby Brown was still there. So she still was oh, at Bobby Brown. This is before she left Lauder. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I mean, that was like, I think one of the highlights of my life because I had been following her since I was a kid. I mean, when I say I was into Excuse beauty, me, I had like all the beauty books, all the makeup books, did all the practicing, like was obsessed with her. Like she, she and Kevin Aquan really were like the, like people to know about um, when I was growing up. So getting yeah. to sit in a room with her and talk about, like shade development and formula development was just, I was like in awe. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. She's such a yeah. powerhouse. I love her. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so exciting. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, and then, and then, um, so then after I graduated school, I actually went into working consulting for a brief period with Briogeo hair care. And this yeah, was before they had their huge, you know, Sephora launch. So at the time, again, introduced by another friend, um, Nancy, I think, she had come from Goldman Sachs and the friend was there. We were introduced. And, um, you know, at the time she was just really her and maybe some, I don't know, like freelance or agency at the time. And I just helped her a little bit with, you know, some sales and in-person events and trying to get into salons and stuff. Um, I think at the time she was, you know, selling direct or in a Ricky's and then, um, and she was just signing like her Sephora deal. And then, you know, that obviously exploded. Um, and I was there for a little bit. And then I think, you know, I, I think that, you know, hair wasn't like my biggest passion, even though I had just come from cosmetology school, it really always has been truly makeup, but it was something that I was very, very interested in. And I also knew that I wanted to start my own brand. And part of me wanted mm -hmm. to stay because I really wanted to learn, obviously. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, they just weren't in a position at the time to, to take me on. So I ended up uh, working for a company called Haifu, which was great because it was a startup. It truly was a startup. Um, but they also had raised money and they were kind of tech enabled, but they were also dealing with high net worth um, individuals and shoppers uh, in the U.S., so basically it was dealing with a Chinese client who would come to the U.S. and then how to service that client. So it had a lot to do with sales, customer service. And then on the other side, um, our, our clients were actually high in luxury brands because they were trying to figure out how to capture this 
this customer who's coming from China. Um, so I got to go sit in meetings and um, create partnerships and have clients like Cartier, Tiffany & Co., Fendi, Chanel, Montblanc, David Yerman, Chloe. Um, you know, so it was, uh, it was really awesome because it was the first time I really was truly working for a luxury, luxury brand. And then also truly a startup and then cross-functional teams globally in the West coast, as well as China. So being, you know, right in the middle, sometimes the meetings were not fun at like 8 p.m. at night, but that's the only time that would work for like LA and New York. And yeah. China. <laughs> no, I can imagine. So, so listen, now... Emily Heath was born um, from, obviously, you know, uh, well, it's it's interesting. So obviously it's a namesake brand with a bit of a twist. But how, the name, like, how did you come around the name? I guess that's a silly question, but yeah. yeah I, I know, but on, that's a good question. And a lot of people ask it. And I guess it's a good thing that people ask about it because, um, and maybe also a bad thing. But uh, so the name came, honestly, from my network of friends. I didn't want to name the brand after me. I actually have kind of had always on the side a consulting business called Emily Studio. And but everyone was just kind of like, you know, it really has, you know, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's a brand. And I looked competitively at, you know, luxury brands um, and luxury houses, which I was kind of kind of going after, but from the beauty aspect. And most of them were namesake, you know, there was a person yeah. and even some of the artistry brands are all people. So, and then you look at some of the brands who don't have those kinds of names and not to knock this because I love this brand, but like, if you think about the name urban decay, like that's a yeah. weird name. If you actually think about urban decay, it's like, okay, that, that's all like an odd name to think of. And I started to, I was like, Ooh, maybe it could be like Crave Beauty, which there's actually a brand called Crave Beauty, funny enough. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like just some sort of like other iteration of MLE or Heath or whatever. Like I just didn't want it to be named after myself. Uh, all my yeah. friends, I you know submitted a list to them and they were like, no, it has to be your name. I was like, fine. Okay, well, what about Emily Heath? Because like I used to get made fun of for my name being Rudman as a kid. People would always call me Rude Man. I thought being called Rud Man was sexist. So I used to call myself Rud Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious i, I was like daddy like, I mean, but people but probably kids would you know that's the problem with when you're kids like all these things are like these are what young kids would think about and say to you like it's it's silly but yeah it's just probably it is, it is kids, annoying kids are, after a while a little, yeah. they're a little cruel and they're but they're also very honest so you know, honest, like, daddy yeah. daddy i'm not a man i'm a girl so i'm a rug girl i'm yeah, not a rug yeah, yeah. And actually, sometimes, like, the best focus groups, even for anything, is, like, going to kids and just saying the name straight away and seeing their first reaction. And be like, oh, look, I didn't think about that. Because they didn't overthink it. Like, Let me take a minute. They're like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it reminds them of this. It reminds them of that. So, okay, so I get that. So, Emily Heath. And, but then how can you change the a Y to IE? So, that is my, like, Virgo slash need for a little bit of privacy. Um yeah. So I just didn't think that it looked as balanced with the Y. I thought it looked better with an I, uh, IE. I agree. Um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like then, that Facebook style thing when everyone changes the name slightly to be like a little yeah. bit like you can't find me personally. But I'm exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I did that. And then I was like, well, now the Heath needs an E too. So it's like E, E, E. So I just, for me, that was just like from a design aesthetic perspective, which actually does make sense. Because again, like I am about like luxury packaging design, all things that were yeah. inspiring for the brand. So it made sense that we would do the same thing for the name. And then on a personal I like level, I did need 
I needed some separation between myself and the brand because there really is. There's Emily, the mom, the person at home, the whatever you want, the friend and all that kind of stuff like you asked at the beginning. And then there's like Emily Heath, the like super mom, like superpower. And I love comic books. So it's like the super, like that's my superhero version of myself. That's your superhero version Mm. of yourself. That's whoever you want it to be. So going back into like, you know, the taglines that we kind of love to use, which are like where beauty meets art, um, which can mean a lot of different things. Like the objects themselves are art, the creative and the marketing we do is art. And also like just you yourself can be an artist. You don't have to be a professional to be an artist. I wasn't a professional when I started. It was just practice, Mm. practice, practice. So, um, and I also think that I believe that art is and comes in all types of forms. So, you know, I think the like, what is it like the CEO of Goldman Sachs is like a DJ. Like, you know, I think it's yeah. hilarious. Like someone in banking is also like a DJ. <laughs> we have so many sides. And I think we should like celebrate them. And I think that's what I love about what you've done with and um, building Emily. So I know, I know it started the first product as non-toxic nail polish. Curious to know what sh- like um, shade was your first one. Uh, you have also really fun um, like shade names. I was actually wanted to ask you like, who is Mr. M? It's very, <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> to know. <laughs> I am happy to tell you. Uh, so the first shade that we actually developed was the red. Um, the red shade, okay. it's called the perfect red. And I can tell you a little bit yep. about how that came about. But we we started with five colors. And the reason why was I, you know, nowadays, um, there's so much out there, right? And, you know, not to like knock too much because, you know, I, I don't, like cancel culture. And I feel like there should be space for everyone, but you know, everyone has a brand. All the celebrities have brands. Like ever just like, just like so much out there, right? So much out there. So it's, much a out there. it's a lot. And it's now, gotten, yeah. you know, today. it's gotten, yeah. yeah. And it's gotten like more and more and more. And now there's like, your attention is just drawn into so many different places. So for me, it was like, if I'm going to create a brand, I really want it to be products that are different or new. And that's why we did a whole custom package. That's why we did a formulation that was 10 plus free and non-toxic in luxury and long wearing and also infused with, you know, caring ingredients. And then from a color standpoint, I didn't want to just, you know, make the colors that everyone was going to buy. I wanted to make colors that were unique and really felt different than was on the marketplace. And you may think that there's not a place for that because it feels like there's so many polished brands. But actually, I would literally go look for this type of product, like a purple, like a really deep purple, but that wasn't like a lavender, but that wasn't like a super dark purple. And that didn't exist. Mm. And my coworker at the time, we like, we made that shade. Now that shade really wasn't, it did not exist at the time. It could have existed maybe 20 years ago. You know, I'm not saying we like reinvented the the color wheel, (laughs) but it wasn't in the marketplace. And, you know, since then, I've obviously seen like a lot of, you know, those colors come out. So I think for us, it was really more about just being intentional with those. Um, In Mm. terms of Mr. M, that is also a really funny story. But my coworker at the time was with me and we were Um. at an event. Um, We were at, I think it was the relaunch of the Bulgari store or the Fendi store. I can't remember. Um. And the designer, the architect is Peter Marino. So, you know, you know, Peter Marino. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, came from the world of like corporate where he had to wear suits. And then he was like, F it. Like, I don't want to do that. So now he's like all yeah. like leather and like tattoo or like, actually, I don't know if he's tattoos, but he has a lot of, <laughs> he has a lot of leather and, you know, silver jewelry, chrome jewelry. Yeah. And like we the went police up hat and that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's very like eighties, like, just like love it. So, um, 
so we introduced ourselves, you know, we, oh, we're such fans, like we love your work and da, 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 da. And he's like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, we, we make nail polish. And he's like, well, do you have a silver? And I was like, not yet. He's like, well, if you make it, I'll wear it. And I was like, Peter Marino will wear my nail polish. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we like literally went into development like the next day and started developing a super, super, super chromatic silver polish. Um, it's actually like twice as much as any other formula because it's so packed with like all these different kinds of pearls to get a really truly chromatic finish, but in a normal polish. Cause usually chrome is achieved with like dusting chromatic pearls on top of gel, um, which is like very yeah. popular right now because of like Hailey Bieber and like the glazed nails. Um, but yeah, we were trying to get that in normal polish, which is not easy. It usually looks like a little flat or like metallic or like kind of dated um, this has had to be like really multidimensional without being overly glittery. So I'm sorry, I can like go on and on about product development. So stop. I love it. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. Like I didn't even know that that's how you get the perfect finish with the, like keep on going, please. I I love this. This is amazing. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's where Mr. N came from. But of course, as you can imagine, you have to be careful from like legal reasons. And I, you know, we tried legal. reaching out to his team and like meeting him. We, we met him again and we told him about it and we sent him some, but you know, we had to be, so he just has this little, until you get the go ahead, be safe and sorry, yeah. you know, you don't yeah. want to risk So that. I, I can't Not wait for that day when, you know, Peter Marino, if you're listening, please give us the go ahead. Yeah. We'll, we'll just call it Peter or Marino or Mr. Marino or whatever you want. I actually think, <laughs> Keep it Mr. N because you see like how when I saw it in the website before and I was like, I want to ask about that. It keeps that curiosity. But then you, yeah. when you know the story, it's like, if you know, you know, like I like to yeah. be one of the few, you know, well now we put it on the podcast. <laughs> now like still. millions of people know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I wish it was millions. I, I would, uh, well, maybe one day. That's why you never know the podcast. Once this podcast gets huge and beauty becomes worldwide domination, I'll be like, we have all this in history and records. So all this yeah, exactly. audio. So. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's amazing. So so talk us through then kind of the range of um I know you've got an extensive range of different products in, in, in some lifestyle categories as well with the fine jewelry, but tell us about kind of like the cadence of the next launches and roughly what your portfolio is looking like today. Yeah. Um so our focus has always been about color products. Um, and anything that we've kind of launched in adjacency, uh, adjacency, <laughs> anything we've kind of launched um, for that in skincare has really been more to complement that product so that you get your best, you know, color look or whatever that might be. Um, yeah. Because my background is mostly in that kind of development, I wanted to start there first where I had the most expertise. Um, yeah. So, you know, at the same time, obviously, we, you know, we hit a lot of challenges in the pandemic and also just being a smaller brand. We didn't really launch products as we would have liked because of, you know, shelf life challenges and supply chain challenges and, you, you know, like all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but originally, we were supposed to start with lip and nail because I feel like lip and nail really complement each other. And we eventually did launch our lip product. And I'm really excited about it. But, you know, at this time, like I think a lot of people know us for nail and we did kind of transform that category in luxury. So not going to knock yeah. it. Um, but I do have obviously as a makeup artist, I have a lot of passion for like eyeshadow and, and lip gloss and all that kind of good stuff and cheek and everything. So, you know, in the pipeline, we have um, more products coming out in color. Uh, we actually nice. did just launch though another skincare product. It was a hand cream in a fragrance version mm. and an unfragrance version, because I think we want to own not just nails, we want to own hand care. So because everything's yes. about self care and like you know body parts and all that kind of good stuff, multi use. 
So our hand yeah. lotion, our hand creams are really, um, you know, high quality, clean ingredients, impactful, Asian inspired as usual. And we have a fragrance free and a fragrance version. And so that, you know, really kind of ties in the whole full hand, right? For preparation for yeah. your manicure or your, you know, even like your pedicure. And then outside of that, we're working on a um, chicken, ch- chick. Sorry. Oh my God. A chicken? We're, we're, we're working on a chicken. I was like, oh I was like wow, you've gone really cross involved. Cruelty free. Uh, Cruelty free. <laughs> you see a lot of multi-use products, but they kind of don't really work that well for all the areas of the face because it's hard yeah. to make something work that well. Um, I like to kind of usually specialize and there's a lot of like cheek and lip. But actually for me, from a, just a formulation and, and an artist standpoint, if I'm going to have a product for my cheek, I want to have like, it, there should be some time where I could like work it in and blend it in. But then I also want it to last. But then if you have that, I think on lips, then your lips would get very, very dry. So we actually ended up developing uh, developing a cheek and eye product because that actually complements each other and also like this cool like monotone look and you can wear it underneath your powder products. Um, And so again, like developing kind of trying to have that uniqueness in color and form and purpose. Yeah. Um, And then we have an exciting foray into I a little bit later on for like 2024. So eventually, you know, we'd love it to be a full line of elevated essentials, like really superior, amazing superhero products that then you use with all your other stuff. Because I'm of the mindset, like you said, you know, it's about helping each other and supporting each other rather than like competition and market share and all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't go into this to get rich. Uh, you know, that'd yeah. be nice. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> that would be nice. It's a byproduct no. of sure yeah. you'll accept it. Exactly. But there's a purpose here, which is no, so much it's... more special than money. The money, money can come in any forms, right? Impact and emotion and all that stuff. So yeah. this is why we do it. The line that I've been using a lot and I'm, I'm stealing it from somebody or borrowing it from somebody else um, from a award ceremony recently. And they said they're, and it's something that I think I already had in my head. So when they said it, I was like, oh my God, we're aligned. It's articulated it's, the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Purpose beyond profit. It's always been purpose yeah. beyond profit. It's never been just about that. So um, I think that kind of works to my detriment sometimes because mm. like, let's do this. Uh, and they're like, Emily, that's so expensive, but I want to do it. But like, we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I think, I think that's where if you, if you govern your, your business with other and profit and, and generally, you know, you have the right stakeholders involved that believe in that your team, your, especially maybe your CFO who can believe in that too. I think it's going to, it's going to really pay off long-term. It does. And people connect. Uh, I, I do want to ask a little bit about sort of like, the 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 journey into like the home fragrance accessories and the fine jewelry um uh that was um like you know how is that working for you is it a a, a big focus part of the business is it more of a passion uh with the, again going to that purpose beyond profit yeah i i think for us um it's definitely something that I'm passionate about because uh, I, you know, I love candles. I love jewelry. Honestly, if I wasn't doing makeup, I would be doing jewelry. I, I like yeah. who doesn't love sparkly. But also, I saw things. your jewelry. Like, I'm like, I'm like, wait, I'm so confused. Like, this is like a huge. This is like the designs are stunning. This reminds me of like a like an LVMH jewelry brand. And I was like, 
like how do you have both how have you done both but I'm like not surprised like you know weekends in Avon um, weekdays in Mac like okay I get Emily this is her but yeah I I mean (laughs) like it doesn't come without a without some sort of like personal cost to be you know to be totally transparent yeah yeah, I can imagine so for the jewelry, actually, that was done in collaboration with a jewelry designer and a friend of mine from mm. college who has her own jewelry line called Selling Kent. And I mm-hmm. knew that if I was going to do it, either I was going to have to spend a while, you know, becoming an expert. Like I said, I always want to make stuff out of expertise or I would go to someone yeah. who was an actual jewelry designer. And at the yeah. time she was doing and some design. Exactly. And she was doing design, like some designs for other brands at the time, but she also had her own line. So we tapped into her to create something that was inspired by our packaging because our packaging is also inspired by industrial design and her line of products and her jewelry is also um, inspired by like art and architecture. So it just made perfect sense for that kind of thing. So we decided on the shapes, we decided on the focus, we decided on having like this combination of the white gold and the diamonds and the yellow gold. And it kind of took off from there. And it's definitely not like a main main focus of the brand it's more it definitely is something i'm passionate about but um, we bring it back seasonally we actually don't sell it year round we've been told i cannot tell you how many people have said like that's confusing why you have all these products so many people like you should have these many products you should have these products like you should just focus on nail and you know against better advice maybe because they may be totally right we still continue to sell it and it does pretty well. Um, I think yeah. people recognize the design aesthetic. It's also nice from like a price point standpoint that you can sell an earring as rather than selling like a millionaire. Hundreds, honestly. And also like you, you are selling a whole nail hand lifestyle. So for exactly. me, when I see, and you know, you have your cheek lips coming soon and stuff. When you have earrings, nail, like, like um, uh, rings, I think it's a really connected ecosystem, but you've done it in a smart and I think better way where it's like, you know, your focus and your MPD stuff is on the beauty, but collaborate, right? Again, more collaboration, less competition with the, the people doing amazing stuff um, like your friend. Uh, and I think and I actually just literally went on her website right now, Celine Kent, and it's stunning the, the amount of stuff that she, um, they've made. It's, it's So like, what a great can, uh, collaboration to do. So I love that. Yeah, no, thank you. And I think, um, and the home fragrance, um, I mean, honest, perfectly honest, it was during the pandemic. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have a product again. I literally was buying like soap kits and candle kits to like hand pours and stuff. Like, I'm not dead serious. I did make some really cool soaps. I really made some awesome soaps, but I don't That's think they didn't. I, you know, I, I actually had a moment where I was, was going to create soap. I think I said there was a there's a TikTok movement of like people just doing at home soap in like the different molds you buy on Etsy. Yeah, exactly. And, literally, that's what yeah. I was doing. Literally, oh my god, we went for the same thing. I didn't end up doing it because I just I'm quite bad at. I've done a once a soap kit class and I just failed, so I had a bad like. But I might do that. It was it was it's very it's also very therapeutic too, right? Yeah, it's process. therapeutic, and that's I know again like creating and art and all that kind of stuff. But you know, with with certain things like with lipsticks, it's not that you can't make lipsticks by hand, for example, but you really need a machine to do it like the best to get the best. Whereas our candles are actually, they are made in a manufacturer, but they are all hand poured. So, um, and then again, the same thing with like a purpose beyond profit, they're hand poured at a company that is B certified and helps provide jobs to immigrant women who've moved to the U S and are looking to, you know, invest in themselves. So, 
you know, all of those things, like our costs are way higher, but I don't care. Mm. And, you know, it gets passed over to us and yes, a little bit to the customer, but I, you know, I think that our customer is a conscientious customer and that I say conscientious versus conscious. And this is maybe just my like English verb, like pet peeve where people like conscious beauty, like conscious beauty literally just means you're like aware. It just means like conscious beauty, like you're aware. Conscientious actually has like intent behind it. So it actually means you're thoughtfully thinking about something. (laughs) And that's a distinction that I like to have for our brand is calling it conscientious beauty versus conscious beauty. Sorry. I love that. I, so, so I, I want to, before we go to fire round and um, uh, kind of we'll start wrapping the, the podcast up, I have to do a little segment on your love and I think mutual love for comics. You mentioned superhero before. You have this iconic collab with Batman. So first, just on that, before I ask so many questions, how the hell like did you get that awesome collab? It's so cool. I love the look of it, the box. So cool. Tell us about We're that. De- we're definitely going to have to do a whole other podcast just about comic books, I think. Comic literally, books and beauty. Literally. Oh, also, <laughs> um, and me, please, like, can you take me to Comic-Con? I've never been. Have you been to Comic-Con? Yes. Or... Well, you, oh, do you want to okay. go to Anime? Wait, do you want to go Anime NYC? Because that's like in two weeks. <laughs> I actually could fly over. Like, honestly, like, I'm so, like, I, I just don't have anyone that, none of my friend groups are into that. And I'm not saying I'm like, hugely into it but i really appreciate yeah, it. i watch all the dc marvel comics yeah. I, I used to collect them growing up like i am into them you know yeah, yeah i'm into it but like i don't know every single detail every single character it's just yeah. also about just like yeah, an environment see. and a community and again creativity and like i i, exactly. I got into makeup drawing comic books i was drawing like women super heroines faces and then you know that turned into doing actual people's faces um but yes i will that absolutely so take cool. you so okay, how we'll that talk happened about that. was yeah, in the pandemic, you know, trying to figure out some stuff. I was like, all right, I might as well like start on those like things that I've always wanted to do. Cause like, who knows what other like shit's going to hit the fan. So apologies. Literally. First. But, yeah, um, so yeah, I, so I actually happen to be, if I'm to be fully honest, I would say that I am more of a Marvel person. This is before yeah. all the movies. I was always more of a Marvel comic book person because X-Men was the one that I read was the show that I watched all that kind of good stuff. However, there are exceptions to that because uh, Batman was the first movie I saw. That was Tim Burton with Michael Keaton, like the one and only OG. And then um, and then like I loved Superman and I watched Lois and Clark. Like I watched all those shows like people forget that all those shows were like back in the 80s and even like the 50s and 60s. But um, so anyway, so I reached out to both. I reached out to Marvel Disney and I reached out to like the HBO WB um, DC. And honestly, DC got back to me. They got back to me and they wanted to work with me. And it was, um, you know, this woman, Stacy, who really saw something in what we were doing and saw a difference and knew also that we were doing something elevated, which was different. Because again, always looking for the different. I happen to be a luxury consumer of beauty. I'm not going to go necessarily buy like all the kitschy, like comic book stuff. Like that's cute. And maybe I would, but I want something like high end and nice and beautiful that, you know, also is related to comic books. So we were doing something again, different than most at the time. So that's why they wanted to work with us. That's how that came about. It was literally was a cold email to their website address email and they responded and now we have a great ongoing partnership and we're actually working on some future things. Um, with- okay, <laughs> we can't wait. 
Can you, and then you can share it with no, no, don't share. I'll get you in trouble. Just we'll talk off. No, yeah. you won't, you won't get me in. Tr- okay, you won't get me in trouble. But nothing is obviously set in stone yet, so nothing has been signed. Yeah. But what I can say is, um, what I'm angling for in particular is possibly. Let's just say I was at a podcast recording recently with a certain somebody who may or may not be coming back as Man of Steel too. So I, that- I actually <laughs> saw um, the Black Adam actually on a few days ago. So I saw the ending in the teaser and it was like so cool to see. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so And yeah, and some other actual you know, um, ones in the works, partnerships. I, I do believe that allows me to have like everything that I could ever want into like one thing. So in some ways the yeah. brand has become an artistic vehicle for me to then be able to do all these other things that I'm obsessed with, including like comic books and jewelry. So I, you know, I take it as a really big privilege that I'm able to do that with the brand. And it's just so freaking exciting. You know, for me as like a bystander for beauty products coming in and out, like when I, when I, I I've seen obviously a brand, um, a lot appear in, in, in the right circles and it's so exciting just to see something a little bit more personal, um, innovative, creative being a keyword as well. Um, and I think that's where, um, yeah, personally as a consumer is the brands I love. Um, I, I personally, unfortunately don't, you know, wear nail polish and lipstick, so, but your hand, I'm going to um, later try some of your hand cream and stuff. So that's now you've launched it. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so I kind of, oh, also, by the way, uh, your dog is called Logan, right? I heard yes. That's and that's so cool. Wolverine, that's of course. Wolverine, obviously. <laughs> I love it. I now it's like it's all making sense because I've got all these notes and I was reading it all before and I was like, okay, okay. I was like, I was like why did like, uh, why did we write like Logan as the dog? I was like, there must be a reason for that. I was like, okay, now. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so clear. I was like, most people like wouldn't put that in. I was like, there must be a story there. <laughs> That's what it didn't sound like. <laughs> so it's so cool. Um, so fire on questions coming up, but I have a desert island situation. So you're coming to found a beauty oh. retreat, um, but unfortunately, and maybe one day I'll actually do one. Let's see, because uh, I ask this question all the time. Um, and imagine I'm being really mean, really horrible, and I'm saying, Emily, you can bring. One product. So what is your numero uno? What's the one that you would bring with you? Oof. Oh, that's hard. I know. I know. I, I said I was mean. Can it be my own product or it has to be not my own? Your own product. Your own product. Oh, my own product. Okay. Because I, yeah. I, like, I was like, literally like, there's like so many. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, okay. I mean, our lip R&R exfoliating lip balm. A hundred percent. That is one of our top selling SKUs. It is innovative. It is amazing. It is beautiful. Um, and it's about to sell out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little, little tidbit Well, here. I'm actually like on your website right now and I'm, <laughs> I'm putting in the bag and I'm putting the hand, both hand creams because if you're sending it to sell out, I'm not going to miss that. I actually yeah. saw that and I was like, Oh my God, it looks amazing. The R&R. No. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I have to be totally honest with you. We, um, we, there's three ingredients because of sourcing issues that are no longer available and we can't, we can't get them again. And you know, that's not an easy thing to just replace. So we're going to have to do a whole reformulation. And I was like, if I were going to have to do a whole reformulation, we're going to make it better. So yeah. that's, what's going to happen. It's going like to be better. <laughs> it's going to be better, but yeah. I've been the exact same thing with the product. 
and that's like the, it's actually scary but exciting, right? It's like yeah. okay, we're just continuing it for X reasons, and I'm doing the same because mainly it's my pump. This new mist I've launched is like yeah. nine month lead times. Like that's not viable by any means, but I'm gonna redo it all and make it even better. So it's not like it's it's gonna come back with vengeance, like you know, like with yeah. Like Return of a superhero. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's what it. I like, coming back with a vengeance. So, yeah, I mean, that exactly. product is amazing. It hydrates. You can actually, like, I've had artists who actually use it on their nails for their cuticles, even though it's meant for your lips. And not only yeah. does it help prep your lips and exfoliate your lips with the tip, it also helps to remove stubborn lipstick. So it's also an artist tool. So it's got mm. everything in there. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Okay, well. It's awesome. Okay, I'm literally, um, I'm literally right now. I, I'm a multitasker. I literally just bought it now, so I've probably got one less dog for you. Sorry about that, but it's okay. But it's, it's going to good lips. I'll, I'll send so, you some uh, of my reserves if you ever need. If I ever need, no. But I, I'm here to support, and that's what we've got to do as founders as well. So no, it's absolutely. Um, I'm excited to get it. Um, so my five one question. So the first question I have is: What's another beauty brand? Except Fable and Main, except I mean, what's another beauty brand that you currently oh, love? Oh, come on. Any, I know, that's a, that's a hard, but like right now, like topically, like today, like, okay, I've been using this or yesterday I've been using it. Like, what do you like? I mean, oh gosh, that is just one brand. I can only say one, one brand. brand. One brand, yeah. Oh man, okay. All right, I mean, listen, Mac, like, okay, I, there's a lot of brands out there that I'm buying and trying and using and all the kind of stuff, but there is yeah. this, not like cult, but like there is this loyalty to these the products that yeah, are tried and true, artists, inclusivity, giving back, sustainability. They had all of those things back in the day when I was working there and even like before that. They were the ones who started all the collaborations and collections. So like, I mean, I, you know, right now I'm actually wearing the cork eyeshadow on my eyes. This is an OG, amazing eyeshadow from MAC. It's just so good it looks amazing and it performs really well and yeah I mean I, I'm a beauty junkie I'm a product junkie I love everything but to this day there are still things that when I go on set or even recommend to other people I still recommend a lot of their products because they are just that good amazing yeah so true. and you know fun my first job was an Estee Lauder company so I um I really got to understand the the power of Mac and how it built the, the pretty much it was funding a lot of the businesses back then at the time right because it was like yeah. the biggest um and I, I used yeah. to love all the little collabs in the star shop I used to be like there was a Smurfs collab they did really <laughs> cool innovative stuff like it's so cool what they've done but um, yeah, yeah it, it's an, it's an OG it's an OG um so next question is what's like a guilty pleasure of yours. Ooh, oh, Netflix and chilling. I don't even know if I should feel guilty about that, but I, so I'm actually an, an introvert, which people wouldn't necessarily think about me because I, I'm social um, and it's yeah. called, I'm called a social introvert, but I get exhausted by talking and all that kind of stuff. Like after this, I'll probably yeah. crash. I enjoy it, but I'm exhausted. So I love yeah. just like, curling up in my bed with my phone and just like binge watching new shows or old shows that is like and not to be gross but like if I can like have a snack in bed that doesn't make it too dirty <laughs> I think like we're the same person like like yesterday like my friends were like what are you doing that I'm like I'm like sorry like I'm like I was I actually have to I have to lie sometimes I'm like oh I'm really like swamped I'm tired but I just don't want to go out and meet people so I'm literally at home with like unfortunately like a packet of crisps or whatever and like watching and binging on like now I'm watching the new Cabin of Curiosity like the Guillermo de Toro is like a series and oh, I just like yeah, I love, love 
Yeah, you have. Have you watched it? No, I just love him, but I will watch okay, it now you that you've recommended it. You have, it's, it's like Black Mirror meets Guillermo del Toro. So it's like Ooh. each episode is an hour and it's a different like director and a different um, mini film. It's amazing. I love that. It's so good. That. So watch that. Well, okay, I digress. My next question is, what are you currently watching or reading? I'm reading something. I usually read five books at once, so I actually forget what I'm reading because when I actually get into something, I'll just go right through it, like, really, really fast. Yeah. I read something. This is more like fiction. It was, like, something, something, and her her many husbands. Oh, hold on. Let me look it up really quickly because it's a really popular book right now. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll Google that. Okay. Uh, the book is called uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. No. Or the there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that one? The Seven Husbands, Seven husbands of, of Evelyn. Yes. I read that, and then, I, and then because I like the author, I ended up reading, like, uh, I think a few other of their books as well. Um, I, I've nice. tried to kind of get into like the entrepreneurial stuff, but I always am like, yeah. <laughs> so I actually listen to podcasts instead. Um, yeah. or, or we have our own journey that we just make mistakes and we learn from ourselves. That's like the biggest way sometimes being an entrepreneur, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I like to tell people that running my own company is the most expensive education I've ever had. Basically. Literally. literally. <laughs> we are learning everything and the best way. In terms yeah. of watching, yeah. um, less by choice but a lot of um a lot of brave on repeat with my daughter and then for nice. myself i've been watching uh i've actually been re-watching elementary because that's one of my favorite shows uh, amazing nice um next question is do you have a favorite social media platform right now okay guys it's happened i've converted i'm a tiktoker oh my god <laughs> wait i thought you were gonna say okay i'm a b-real <laughs> okay tiktok Fair enough. Yes. It's very addictive, very dangerous TikTok. But are you I, on B-roll as well? Have you gotten to that? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, ha- really. I haven't. There's, I know there's like, there, I remember when there was like Peach and like all these other stuff. And B- I haven't gotten there yeah. yet. I've heard about it. Um, yeah. But because I you know, have been tasked over and over again by my team, obviously, to create more and more content. I just, my focus is so split and it took me a while to get over to the TikTok side. What I actually had to do was I had to take my phone and put my Instagram inside a folder and then put TikTok on the bottom, right? So that it was the first app I would usually be opening with my hand. And that literally has actually helped me to film more TikToks, be on TikTok more, um, watching more TikToks, like so yeah, that was like a really weird like little founder hack to just convert myself because I always defaulted to Instagram just because I preferred Instagram. Um, and I still love Instagram, but you know, more and more obviously people are very much aware of the fact that the place to be is TikTok. Uh, recently yeah. was on a mentor session with with the CEO of America's of Hermes, and they literally were like, Yeah, um, TikTok helps like testimonials on TikTok help drive traffic to store. And I was like, What? <laughs> okay. It- it's true. Cool. It's true. And I think, I think that's, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it is an incredible platform. You just have to be very mindful of how much you consume it as, yeah. as us, you know, cause I can be on the loop of like an hour and be like, what am I doing here? But yeah, it is yeah. amazing. It is amazing. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite quote that you keep close to your chest? Um, it might be the, is it the purpose over profit? Like, <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to think favorite quote. Purpose beyond profit, not over profit. Yeah, sorry, well, okay. yeah. Purpose beyond profit is a good one. Um, yeah. I guess I have one for founders, which I think would be helpful yeah. here, which again, I'm borrowing it from someone else because I thought it was so funny, but also very true. Um, as a founder, you have four things that you're responsible for doing. It is to hire, inspire, retain, never run out of money. <laughs> 
That's that is it. I, <laughs> I love. It. I literally, you know, I was, I'm not gonna lie. You're like, I'm gonna write I this down. To, I was about to write down. Let me I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was about no, to write it really quickly. I was like, number yeah, it's one, it's so true. Hire, actually, inspire, retain, I'm writing this down. Never run out of money. <laughs> I love it. Hire, inspire. <laughs> I'm gonna borrow that and yeah. give you credit. Uh, retain and never run out of money. It's so true. Um, and then I think the other one that's helped me along the way, because I didn't realize how much of my job would be about negotiations. Um, mm. and I should have probably made, paid more attention in class when I was in business school. But another one that a friend told me that her mom told her was, if you don't ask, you don't get. So basically, it's kind of a spin on if you like, what's going to happen if you ask? Oh, the worst is going to happen. And what's the worst no. case? Yeah, yeah. That, or no. they don't reply. Like, yeah. I, and honestly, like, what I loved is when you told me about the the DC thing and and um, with Batman, and like, you know, just reached out. And if you didn't do that email, that wouldn't have that product and that long term potential partnership would not have happened. And that's like a very like anyone can do that, right? Anyone can just go in the website and reach out. I mean, there's even more acute ways of like even like finding a contact, asking for an interest. Those are even easier sometimes. But the, even the basics. I mean, we launched our brand Fable Domain in, in Sephora through a LinkedIn DM. You know, um, that's, the how, that's how I got into Nordstrom. I literally DM the there buyer. <laughs> and you, it's so easy. If you have to pay for premium and get that in credit in, you do that and go for it. But, but generally, it's so easy. If you, I love that. It's like if you don't ask, it's not easy to attain, but it's easy to at least start yeah. that process by just but, trying if you don't try. But I, I will call out the fact because people do ask me like, oh, I was like, oh, it wasn't easy because, and it wasn't easy for you either because- yeah. While you, yes, you did reach out via LinkedIn and it was like through like a just direct message. You had a brand that you had spent your had brand, life and spent years, you know, exactly. you had, like you put work into that, whether, you know, so even though, yes, there was a little bit of kismet luck, whatever, there was all this hard work in the background that like, it just seems exactly. <laughs> I, I think that's a very important factor is it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a vehicle into something but the most important thing is, is what is the actual like it's the way in but what is the actual substance behind it and i think that's really important is to make sure if you do end up reaching out or emailing or linkedin messaging be sure of what you're wanting number one in return put yourselves in their shoes but also be sure that you feel confident in what you are selling in a way right or, get, or, or asking i think it's really important um so yeah, yeah very, very important and- and my yeah. other favorite quote is uh, not quote, but I guess my other favorite is fake it till you make it. So like, even if you're not sure, just fake it till you make it. It's kind of like smiling actually makes you happier by faking the smile. It's the same it's thing. So true. <laughs> and you learn from, from your own self of just trying it and putting yourself in those weird, like uncomfortable, like faking situations, but you're like, Oh, actually I, I, I did myself good. I didn't realize I could do that. So I love that. Very, very true. Uh, it's, it's exactly what I, I used to be so scared of like speaking and like I used to be like um, that introvert always in rooms where like I would never put my hand up, never speak on the table. And then I remember the first few like talks and stuff I was doing, I just kind of faked it. And I was like, this is the most uncomfortable, awkward thing. I'm going to be like shaking my hand, but let's just try, try, fake my confidence. And eventually I said there was a flex point where I was like, I'm no longer faking my confidence. I am confident, you know, Uh, and that's it. Yeah, you can tell. Then you make it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's so true and then my last last question and then i'll leave you to it to uh we'll, we'll both go back to our 
uh, introverted selves and just kind of <laughs> probably go back to our business emails. Um, but I want to ask if you weren't currently doing what you're doing and, you know, being a beauty entrepreneur, what would Emily be doing right now? I don't like, I know this, honestly, I don't know. Like, I know that sounds stupid, but it's like, I've yeah. been on this yeah, that journey. That means that you couldn't, you couldn't see yourself doing anything. Yeah. Doing no, I was Actually, like, fi- I was like five years old and I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to be the modern Estee Lauder. I want to help other brands. I want to incubate other brands. I want to own restaurant. Like I want to do so many things that are mm. creative, but beauty has always been. So honestly, I would be in the beauty industry. I just would maybe be in something, another role, but yeah, I, yeah. I honestly don't know. Like I really, truly don't. I love know. that. <laughs> That's the right answer in a way. No, no, it's not, I don't want to say that's the right, I take the right, but it's not the right answer, but that is a, a really right for you answer. And I think that's like the beautiful thing is, is like, if I was asked that, I would, it would be really hard to answer it because it's like, well, like everything leads up to this, what we're doing, right? When you found, when you create something, it doesn't, it's not a short feat. You really got to be passionate and know this is what you, all those seeds in life really led to this moment. Uh, and it's just the beginning of what you could become. You know, you can get as big as you want it to be. You create your own rules. And that's what I love it. So, and by the way, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I think my brain, my mouth is hurting from the smiles. But <laughs> <laughs> we laughed a lot. And I can't wait to meet in person. We're going to go. If I'll try to come to New York to do this uh, in two yes. weeks, I'll try. If, if not, we'll, we'll plan a proper, I'll come properly. We'll do Comic Con or something. And, and, and I want to meet Logan as well. But Sounds in the meantime, where, where can everyone find yourself, the brand, on social, website? What are the links? Yeah, so um, on my personal Instagram is Emily Heath, which is how I actually spell my name. So E-M-I-L-Y-H-E-A-T-H-N-Y-C because I was raised here. Um, and you can find me on TikTok as well as Instagram there. And then the brand is obviously, you'll find them, you'll find us there as well. Um, uh, yeah, and in terms of like store i guess on the on the website uh we're also nordstrom.com anthropology sax.com communitymarkets.com a bunch of little boutiques shen beauty in yeah. store new york co bigelow in store new york hopefully everywhere soon honestly I, I saw you guys a few months ago when you did the, i think it was in at your store at one point i saw you guys when you were there like i've seen you you you're you're, you're but everyone can find you by just following you and the brand first and then everything is a journey so i'll put the the links and the summary so people can just tap straight away and emily um i'll see you very very soon i can't wait this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship i'm really excited Dave, thank you so much i really appreciate it i hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. <laughs>